Hi, I'm RC Concepcion, and you're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Dave Clayton, the He Draws, well, I'll do it in reverse, and my co-host is is, <laughs> is Glenn. Glenn. He Shoots. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so welcome to He Draws, He Shoots, the <laughs> podcast that doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> But uh, we are back. Uh, I hope you heard last week's ep- episode. Uh, and he said episode there. See, I'm, I'm a pro. I'll, ca- I'll push on through. Uh, it was a Glenn and Dave episode. We actually had a catch up last week, hey. uh, which is really good. And this week we're back to an interview. And it's actually an interview with a dear friend of ours. Um, I had to fly solo on this one because you were gallivanting somewhere because <laughs> uh, you always do that to me when I'm away so yeah I had to conduct this one on my own uh, which was a shame because I think the next time we do this interview when we do a second interview and there will be with this guy oh, we'll definitely. do it in person yeah um, but it was our you would have heard it at the beginning of the episode it was our dear old friend RC Concepcion who we both met through Kelby One and now you've edited the episode so i've already heard it yeah you know it because you did it but i've got to say i i actually messaged rc while i was editing it and i kind of said that um you know just i'm editing the the episode now and i've got to say utterly brilliant i said but however there's a mix of emotions the one of them is like sadness in a way because it kind of made me realize how long it's been since the three of us have all kind of got together face to face and just chatted and caught up and stuff like that um but then the other side of it was it's it was great to hear rc's voice again because rc has got this way of in fact there's i don't know anybody else that is able to articulate his words to explain things the way that rc does and I found myself going, yep, oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. As I'm editing it, I'm outwardly saying this. So I really, really did enjoy it for a, lo- a whole host of reasons. I actually learned a lot. It made me think a lot. But it was nice to hear RC again. Yeah, and I said to him when I saw him, I mean, he's he's a born educator. Even, like you say, the way he talks to you, he's still educating you. I know, yeah. And, he, and I said, he's like Joe McNally. I could hear Joe McNally talk about cement. And I'd still find it entertaining. I think RC can do the same. RC can talk to you about anything, but he's just got that personality that you're drawn in to listen to him. And it was so good. And I even said to him on camera, because obviously, you know, audio only. But I said, man, you look just so fresh and younger. And like he's, he just looked, he was glowing. He was, he did no, no wrinkles, no bags under his eyes. He, he is most definitely in a good place, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's oh, kind absolutely. of found, I mean, RC's calling, as you talk about in the podcast, is education. That That is what he was made for, is to educate. But actually what he's doing now and where he is and everything that's where he should be. And, you, and you know, I could hear that in his voice. Obviously, you could see it because that's how we do the podcast. We don't just do the audio. We actually see each other on camera. Yeah. It's easier to talk to. So uh, you had that advantage to see that. Yeah, no, he's a great human being. He's a great guy. Good in front of people. Um, very, he's just one of those people you've, you've become, you, you're drawn to. Mm. And I remember, I remember when I met him at Photoshop World, I didn't actually talk about this in the interview, but I remember at my first Photoshop World, uh, no, I you, you, f- you, is this, is this when do. he calls you over? No, no, separate to that. Oh, it right, was, okay. um, when I first went and I was kind of, oh, you know, am I going to meet, even meet the Photoshop guys? Um, 
because back then, you know, they were they they were the people, they yeah, were the team, yeah, the yeah, Photoshop yeah. guy. To be yeah. a Photoshop guy was like that or an astronaut. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember I had a photograph taken with Matt in the corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really meet Corey. Uh, I bumped into RC a couple of times and and he kind of asked who I was and I told him at the time I'd just become their evangelist. I, you know, I met Dave Cross at the meetup and we oh, chatted for ages and, and I got to meet Scott very briefly and he, you know, I've joked about it before. I was, I was in an elevator like an hour afterwards and he was in there with Matt. He didn't even know I was. I just might might as well have been invisible and I'm in the elevator going, oh my God, I'm in the elevator with Matt Kleskowski and Scott Kelby. But, I tell the story afterwards that how RC invited me to something, so I won't, I won't go too into yeah, it. Yeah, nice but story that was. He the, he was genuinely just a nice person to be around, and he had a crowd around him all the time. Not like for autographs or photos. It was just genuinely he could put he could hold an audience's mm-hmm. attention, and it comes through in his in his teaching that he's done, and you know now that he's teaching at Syracuse uh, University with uh, some guy called Gregory Heisler. Mm, uh, think i've heard of him, him. yeah he's not a bad photographer <laughs> he's not bad at photography yeah he's okay but um yeah he explains how he got the gig but yeah it's a wonderful interview and i really like hope you're here i've thoroughly enjoyed thing. editing it mate i really have yeah so uh well it's not taking any time and let's do the yeah shall yeah, I do I, it? yeah you do it because you did a great job with this so uh, i'm gonna pass the baton over to you oh, thank you hold on i just grab it thank you sir i didn't drop it either um yeah so rc who are you so I'm a Photoshop educator. Well, I'm an educator. You know, I think more than anything, I'm an educator, I'm a photographer, I'm a designer, I'm a web developer. But for the most part, I'm a person that's uh, dedicated to wanting to make sure that you realize the best out of yourself more than anything. Yeah, I take my hat off to you because I know we've spoken about it before, but how some people envisage being an educator is so, like, can be so varied mm. in, in the wanting to wanting to just pass on knowledge to others to help them versus wanting to show off stuff to make money and and i think there's a there's a there's a wide spectrum there and i think you're at the you're at the good end of the spectrum where you you're it's it's a it's a it's a calling for you i I, think definitely i appreciate that i mean and that's one of those things where it's like i mean like i'm sure we talk about it and we'd have a conversation about it i mean we are we're in the podcast but it's one of those things where it's just like, I remember telling someone a long time ago, uh, people do people teach for a couple of different things. Like sometimes people teach to be able to show you how good they are or people teach to show you how good you are. And if you do it to be able to show how good you, like if, I, if I'm teaching to show you how good I am, that's not teaching. But if I can teach to be able to show you how good you can be, that's kind of what I've hoped for. And, you know, the entire arc of my life has kind of been based on wanting to be an artist and wanting to be an educator for the right possible reasons and having curves that I didn't think, you know, everything that looked good was great. And then all of a sudden realizing like, you know, what am I doing this for? Like, why am I working on this? Why am I doing this? And and having to do a forced reset and understand that, it's actually okay. Like, it's pretty good to do that. So yeah, It's pretty good to teach. It feels so, good on the face. It feels, <laughs> you feel a less stressed. So, so yeah, so little RC, young RC <sighs> at school. Okay, let's, let's t- wind you back to those years just a, cu- just a couple of decades ago. <sighs> you're, at, you're at school. 
um, we all have a calling. I think we all we all have a thing inside us that we know we want to do. At what point did you grow into that? How did you recognise that? Like, what were your grades at school? Coming out of school, what were your ambitions to start with? It's wild, man. Like I was like I've told this story before. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story. But it's like I was in junior high, so I'm gonna say fifth, sixth, seventh, like around there. Um, I was an inner city kid. Like I was born in the Bronx, and I remember I used to have a chip on my shoulder, right? And but I was smart. Like I was super smart. Like I got out of school really early. I got out of college really early, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I remember going to this one English teacher named Mrs. Senderoff, Edna Senderoff. And I remember talking to her and I was, it was like an advanced English class and I didn't want to be there at all. Like, I want to go be my friends with the regular class. I want to go play handball. It's like a game you play it in the streets. And I was like, I don't want to be here. And I remember her, I was leaving her class one day and she turned around and she was just like, listen, can you stay? And I was like, yeah, I was, I mean, not very old. I was like sixth grade, seventh grade, mm-hmm. around there. And she was just like, listen, do you know what an epiphany is? And I was like, no. And she's like, do you know what verisimilitude means? And I'm like, no. And she's like, here's the deal. There is something that's inside you. And I think she just kind of can sense it. You know, Mm. I was inner city, poor, didn't have any money, didn't have any this kind of stuff. She's like, there's something that's inside you that one of two things is going to happen if you don't take care of it. You're either going to find it and take care of it and do something great, or it's going to kill you. So the problem with you is you don't know what that thing is called. It's it's inside you. Like you don't know it. And they're like, that's what English does. That's what this does. It teaches you the words for you to be able to do this. So when you're here, you're learning not only words, but you're learning how to express yourself. If you come back tomorrow, you'll learn more of them. If you don't come back tomorrow, it'll probably invariably kill you. See you later. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what are you talking about? But I came back and I came back and all of a sudden I was like, this person without necessarily knowing this intuitively kind of figured out that this is what I needed to be able to do. And I spent my entire time learning more words. Like I got my degree, like I wanted to become an English teacher. I went to go teach the, I wanted to teach the deaf when I first started I wanted to be able to do something with communication and, and share with people how to be able to open up a lot of what happened, you know, inside of you that, you know, bring that up and bubble that up to the surface. That was probably the most formative thing that's ever happened that to date has guided almost everything that I wanted to do. And that's great that a teacher identified that as well, because it's so cool when somebody can remember a teacher that made a difference. And that's it. Like all I've ever wanted to do back then, I was just like, I want to be a teacher. Like, I was like, I want to be a teacher. I went to school to be a teacher. I went out and became a teacher. And through, you know, a couple of different things. Like, I did it, and I was super young, and I was in upstate New York, and I didn't want to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go work in computers. And then that took me to, you know, move. I moved to Germany for a couple years, and, and I did all this other stuff. But all of it was kind of through the process of teaching. Like, everywhere that I landed, I had always wanted to do teaching. It was like teaching, 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 teaching. And... When this entire Photoshop thing happened, it was just, you know, something that I was really passionate about, like design and creative and photography. But I was just like, you know, I'm happy with just producing it for myself. Like I wasn't going out there to try to be the next Ansel Adams or or any of that kind of stuff. I was just happy making my own stuff. 
But what I was more happy about was just, well, how do I teach other people to do that? How do I teach other people to find that? So that was cool. And that's good because I know in my, you know, my later years, I mean, I never had that as a kid. I never had uh, like a, a guiding light for, for what I wanted to do. And when I look back at the jobs I did, none of them were anything I ever wanted to do. But I think the thing with teaching that I've learned is I think what comes with teaching is this, is this kind of weird, comfortable confidence the fact that like public speaking a lot of people we've said people can be good at something people can be good at something and teach it people can be good at something teach it and write about it some you know can be good at it teach it write about it and produce video content there's lots of levels of it but i think the thing that is that comes with a great educator like you like i've seen with you over the years is the confidence and the ease at which you put the student because I've seen teachers who are like, you're stupid. How can you not get this? But the good teachers are the patient ones. But there's also a confidence because, you know, you are you are teaching so many different kinds of people that they're all on a different level that you've got to kind of register with each one. Like, what do you need? What do you need? What are you good at? And I think that's a skill in itself. And it's rare to see in this education world today in 2019. But I think you've definitely, like, got learned your chops back then that it's carried through yeah and and i appreciate that and but but you know what like one of the problems that that's happened at least in the photo industry i think is the fact that there's just such an enormous amount of stuff that's coming at you out there that it's kind of hard to be able to see that stuff and you know it's it's a hard game it's it's one of those things where it's like unless it has to be unless it's like sexified or glorified or it's viral or or any of those kinds of things like people it just doesn't resonate with people because they're just being bombarded with so much noise yeah it's performance really it's it, it's performers there are just these performers and tricksters out there looking for the algorithms what are the kit you know what's the clickbait what's the and, and it's a it is a very weird uh measuring system for for what is success as well and i know we've we discussed it. Oh fair, my god! But. I have this, and I'm telling you this analogy, which I was just <laughs> like, and 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 I and I don't mean ill by it, but it's one of those things where it's just like, when I talk to people about it, I talk to but as as there's three things, right? I group it into three categories. I call it the celebrated, the cel- the celebrated, the celebrity, and the spectacle. And it's just like if you think about like the people that are out there, just this is just purely in the photography space, hmm. as like the celebrated. Right, so you're talking about people like Gregory Heisler, and you're talking about people like, you know, Dan Winners, right? Yes. And like these are people that are just revered, are just amazing people. You know, Maisel, Jay Maisel, they're just yeah. amazing, amazing people. Um, but you're not going to get 700 people to go see them because you really have to go through, not because they're not good, but because you have to go through the world of photography and dig to a point where you could find them and go, oh my God, this is a person that I need to listen to, or this is a person that I need to be inspired from. So they're just celebrated and they're, they sit in this kind of like a rarefied strata, if you will. Then within that you have, and then at the next level, you have a celebrity. You know, you have your Joe McNally's that go out there. Now Joe McNally's a personal friend, but Joe McNally will tell you that he is a person that he is working like he could care less 
he could care less about what you think about his position on anything because yeah. he's just like, I am working on the next job. That man is an inspiration alone by the sheer will of the fact that he is a working photographer, period. Yeah, well, his work ethic is unbelievable. Uh, and there's a lot of people could learn from that yeah, as well. Yeah, and he teaches and preaches from that. So to that, he, you know, all bounty comes to him. He will have hundreds of people hanging on his every word to be able to do that because that's who he is in that strata. Then you have the spectacle. And the spectacle is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like where the catchphrase does it or the, like, what you look like or how you comb or what you, like, what logo or what silly little, if you have to say silly little dot, 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 chances are you're probably in the third category. I was liking it to a Christmas present. I always know a Christmas present is going to be crap if the, <laughs> if the first word of its description is the word novelty. Yeah. Then, then yeah, you know, you're good. So it's just like, you have to think to yourself, like, close your eyes and listen to what it is that you're working on. And if you can picture a whole bunch of those people barking that at a flea market, then you know what category you sit in. Yeah. And a lot of that kind of stuff, like when you sit down and you think about it, it's almost like there was an, an example that somebody gave me that I'll keep private. But it's like, if you turn around and you actually wrote down what you're hearing, and you reread it. It's like bad lyrics. Like if you just turned around and just said like cuckoo, cachoo, bubbly boo, the thing yeah. with that. And you're like, what the hell is this? And you're like, oh, wow. It was just, I was just listening to a bunch of, I don't know. What's well, not, not teaching. But within that, there's a lot of that. And unfortunately, you know, you could either yell louder. Like it, it, it feels like the stock market where like everybody's just yelling it's like a stock market's mixed with a flea exactly. market. And you're sitting there and you're just listening to all these people yell. And I'd say like after about a, you know, 10, 12 years of this, I was just like, you know what? I'm out. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't need it. I certainly don't want it. I certainly have compromised enough for it. And I'm out. And it was, it was funny how, like, I'm still doing it, thankfully. Like, I've got some really, you know, end of the story is pretty good. But you would be surprised as to how much you compromise as an artist. And I think that if that's the biggest tale that I have to give for that, right? Like the albatross here, you know, <laughs> I'm the mariner that's coming back and kind of going, look, this is the thing that you be surprised. You'd be, you'd be surprised at the compromises that you make when you follow that. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. I And I know Glenn and I've spoken about it with other guests where, there's this scene in a film called World War Z, World War Z, um, where they're all the zombies are trying to climb the wall and they're just climbing over each other to get to the top. But when they get to the top, all they do is they drop the other side. It's like, the, the, what is the peak? What is the ultimate peak? Is it to make money off advertising or is it to be respected? Is it to be really good at something? And that's what the education, or I say, I use the word edu education. But that's what that space feels like is 10, 15 years ago, you know, nobody would share a thing. And like now, 2019, you've only got to go on YouTube and and Instagram stories and Instagram live and Facebook live and Twitter and it, like every single platform. People are just constantly me. No, no. Listen to me. No, listen to me. No, listen to me. And like you say, there's gimmicks and there's um, oh, like the video cuts and all little special effects and that. But where how do you how do you find what you need when you're trying to sift through all this noise all the time 
and it is a really weird space and you know youtube has brought that along because it's you know unqualified free content right um whereas training platforms uh, which we have experience with is more qualified training because you have to go through like a process of you know somewhat quality control right but there is still an element of um like it's not even competition but it is competition it's you know what are my numbers what are my viewers what are my subscribers what am i the the metric the metric for success has changed so much whereas you you if you sat in a classroom with 30 kids just you know with their mouths open because and the light bulbs above their head that to me is so much more value value than a hundred thousand subscribers and that's the thing like when we talk about like the arc of everything that i do now mind you I say all of this stuff to say that I am thankful and grateful that I get to do what I do. So I don't feel like I want to piss on anything yeah. that I've done in terms of like Instagrams or followers or celebrity. For, if you even yeah. want to be presumptuous to the call it that. The tools of the trade that we have yeah. to have. Them. It's we the have, trade. We like, need them. But yeah. at the same time, like you're right. Like it's if you have thousands and thousands of Instagram followers and those things are, you're constantly trying to be able to see how, how you can monetize it. And how you can work on it and how you can be able to do this to sustain that. And that noise or that willingness to have to monetize and the minute to try to transform it into something, that call is so pervasive that it makes people, you set out to want to do something cool. You set out to want to do something different. But by the time you figure that out, like you turn around and you're like in this area where you're, you're just like, who's working for who? You know, you set out to be a creative. You set out to be somebody that wants to make something. You set out to do something that's cool. And then at the end of the day, you're, you're, you know, the little monkey on an organ grinder. And you're just yeah. jumping up and down for like counts. And you're jumping up and down for, you know, how many subscribers you can get. And it just became sad. And, and I was just like, this isn't. And then you start, what's even more pervasive about it is that when all of a sudden your real life starts getting altered to try to adjust for that, like how much are you willing to give, right? Like you're sitting there and you have all these things in your hands and you have all these cards and you're playing these cards and you're playing these cards and you're playing these cards and you realize that the metrics aren't working. And then all of a sudden you put the cards down and you pick up a knife and you just do a small cut in your hand. And then you do another cut in your hand and you do another cut in your hand and you realize that all of the social media stuff, it, it, and I hate to sound dire about it, but it's just one of those things where you look back at your stream or you look back at what you're doing and you're like, how much have I compromised of my life to try to see if I can get yet one more subscriber that won't pay for something or they won't look at something or that'll flippantly look at your picture and go, same flick. Oh, a million subscribers on YouTube. And this isn't, you know, what we've got friends who are, good on youtube they've got good content out there they work hard they put out you know better quality content than others but at the end of the day a million subscribers is a million people who want free content hmm. i tell people it's a, it's a million bystanders you yeah. have a million bystanders is what you have but it's not a million people watching your content no. it's not a million people you know commenting on it. it's a very small percentage but it's a weird metric to to kind of gauge your success because it, it you know it, it is now down to things like clickbait and content you know do, do a do a tutorial about the avengers as the avengers has come out you know you are going to get more views you're not going to get more views because you produce the better content you're just getting more views because you're in the moment you can't sustain that 
365 days a year, which some people seem to do. Yeah, and a really small amount of people go out and do that and do that well. And like hats off to them when they do that well. That's great. That's just not a life that I choose to live. As an artist, like that's not a life that I choose to live. As a creator, that's not a life that I choose to live. That's not something that I would want to inspire people to do. Like at the end of the day, I'm just like, man, yeah, now you probably don't want that, man. <laughs> so going back to, uh, so we first met, I, I, I mean, Glenn's told the story, I've told the story. It's, it's one of those things where you, you're looking online for content and we're talking about nearly 10 years ago. Well, actually more than 10 years ago because I've actually got some of the magazines for older. Um, but you look online, you're trying to find content and over 10 years ago, there was a lot less and one of the things that happened to that happened to come across was the NAPP, and you were one of the educators there. You were one of the you know the Photoshop guys. And I, I've always said before, I used to watch that show like Photoshop user TV was my Walking Dead. <laughs> I, I I could not wait for the next ep- next episode. I loved the content. I used to watch Layers TV that you used to do because I loved that you covered. I have no interest in photography as as a budding, you know, I don't want to be a budding photographer. All my all my stuff is the non-photography stuff, the design, the business, the marketing. So I used to love Layers TV and used, and used to do that and I had the magazine. So when I decided to go to my first ever conference, bearing in mind I was um, 40. So I'm going to my first ever design conference when I'm 40 years old. That's 2010. Awesome. I come to Las Vegas and it's like I'm going to be a tiny fish in a massive sea. I'm going to get lost in this crowd. I don't know if I'm going to learn anything because you know I need to find what I, what I want. And over the course of those three days, some amazing things happened to me um, from friends that I've met that are still friends today. But one of the things that like I, I've said to people, I'm a real big thing of, uh, about people and what they do. And I always remember, like I'm standing there now, we were in the uh, casino area and you guys were going off to do in and out after Midnight Madness. And I think we'd briefly, I don't even know if we'd we'd maybe briefly spoken. Um, And at the time I'd just become the evangelist. So I was kind of the only official evangelist they had. And I remember you like gesturing, like, come over here, come over here. And I did that thing where, you know, when a, when a good looking girl's looking at you <laughs> uh, and waving and re- you realise like the clock's behind you <laughs> and, and you were like gesturing and I'm sort of looking round and you're going, no, no, Dave, Dave, come over here, come to in and out with us. And I'm like, what, me? And you're like, yeah, yeah, come along. And you and I went along together and with Brand- Brandon Jacoby came with us. Oh, Brandon. Uh, and he was like 14 or whatever he was at the time, 11. And I just remember us talking about kids and life and like not not work as such. And we sat, sat in and out and all the other guys had gone over the other side. And you sat with me and you talked to me and you made you so made a, a big impact on me at that point that you did that, that you just kind of were kind. You did a really kind thing. And I and I love you for it. I know, and I love you too, dude. And it was one of the, but it was one of those things where it's just like, look, I didn't just do it because, I didn't just do it because you were just standing there, right, instead of the clock. I did it because that's what you like. I, I tell people all the time, like in what I do, I wake up in the morning and I say, I get to do this, right? Like uh, my like, there's times where I've been pushed as a kid in a shopping cart. 
My parents picked bottles and cans and put them inside of a van to make ends meet. By the grace of whatever you want to call it, I get to do this. So for me, any time that I've ever done anything like that, I'm like, dude, how many people can I get on this ride with me? So in that, I mean, I thought you were a great guy, but it was one of those things where it's just like, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, it's not even a... Exactly. It's, and I still do it now. Yeah. I love it. I will, I will, I will give a, I would gladly give away an opportunity I can have if I think somebody can get more mileage out of it or if somebody's deserving of it not more deserving but deserving of it and I'm lucky that you know 10 years on now in fact not even 10 years on we're only nine years on and I look at what I've achieved over the last nine years my 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 design this creative part of my life has come in the last fifth of my current like time on this planet 40 years old was when my life began in this world that's awesome and 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 we're only nine years on I've only known Glenn nine years you know I, I met you guys there you know, I've I've done video classes. I've taught Photoshop World. I've I'm writing a book. I've written write the magazine. I never thought any of that would happen, but those things happen because of these things that happened back then. I'm a real big people person. I love sharing. If I, you know, like I say, if I get, if it's even to the point where I've had people say, "Oh, you know, it's great that you're teaching," and I go, "Well, let 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 me speak to them and see if you can teach." Because I think you should be up there on stage doing it, not me. You, you, you've earned your, you've earned the right to be there. I, I, I would and she's allowed me to tell this story, so I tell this story all the time for, like, for her, because I absolutely love her to pieces. But like a long, long time ago, probably even before when we met, this is just to give mm. you a thing. So we were sitting. Uh, I was in DC. So it was a DC Photoshop world, and which only happened, I think, once. No. That was after. That was after. Oh, okay. So that's 2012. So it was after. Yeah. So it was sitting there. So it was DC. So I was in DC and I was walking and a girl comes up to me in a Starbucks. And I'm at a Starbucks. If you know me, I love, love coffee. But she comes to me at a Starbucks and she's like, listen, Arcee, I have a problem. And I'm like, what? She's like, I can't learn anything from here. And I'm like, so the conference isn't teaching you anything? And I was like, all right, well, open up. Let me see your uh, portfolio. So she shows me a portfolio and I'm like, you know why? That's because you're done. You're done. You have wow. reached the official end of somebody needs to teach me. I was like, now you need to go do it. It's not a question of yeah, learning. Now sense. you need to go do it. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? I was like, what do you want to do? She's like, I think that these things could be better. I was like, then why don't you teach people how to do it? And she's like, I don't think I could ever do it. And I was like, let's work on that. And it took... I don't know, six years, but like all of a sudden now she's teaching at Photoshop world and she's teaching at conferences and she's doing all of this kind of stuff. And it's who's this? Christy. Oh really? Christy Shirk. It was Christy Shirk. Wow. And it was one of those things where it was just like, I could not be more prouder of her. Oh, that's Cause we that's sat so down and we she's said, lovely. We, you know, I was just like, you're done. I was like, now you got to go and teach. Now you got to do this. She's like, how do you do it? And I was like, this is exactly how you do it. And it's just those kinds of things are pretty cool. Like they're good memories yeah. of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just like it's. An, I've never really been. I've never really been interested in anything other than just move you to the next level. Like I don't care if it's even my level. Like I don't yeah. even care if it's my thing. Like 
you know, there's plenty of people that have been like, I mean, one of the things that happens is because there's so many of them, there is also still this kind of mentality of like, this is my spot. Don't come into my spot. Like, don't take my spot. Um, and I'm like, dude, if you're better to take my spot, good on you. Like, come and take it. And so seeing those kinds of things have been awesome. Like seeing the Christie shirts have been really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. I that I get great satisfaction out of if I've helped someone else. And it's nice because that's kind of a reputation I'm getting, which is nice to be thought, you know, thought well of. But I know in the very beginning, I mean, I don't know, first five years of from that 2010 to 2015, um, I only taught at Photoshop World 26, 2016. For the first five years, nobody even knew what I did. <laughs> no, Everyone knew me. Oh, Dave, nice guy from the UK you know hangs around with glenn <laughs> but nobody knew what i did if i said to anyone what who am i what do i do they had no clue <laughs> i just got to hang out with people and learn and watch and see how people behave because you know an englishman in america you see a lot of different behavior you see a lot more enthusiasm than you do over here right. you know here it's just sit with your arms folded looking with disdain and contempt but actually that's someone having a good time <laughs> so you come to america and and it took five years for me to kind of earn my chops to be th- thought of that I'm okay to be stood in that room, and I'm and I'm not I'm not the guy that walks in and everyone's like, oh god, he's well maybe they maybe they do I just <laughs> no, don't see it. no they <laughs> but but it's a nice thing that now my kind of connecting network uh, capabilities are well thought of in some circles that I'm in now and uh, myself and this other lady who I met at a conference. People say, oh, you're the female Dave Clayton. And they say to me, oh, you're the male Diane Gibbs because we're connectors. We call it gold digging um, in that we go and find the gold in people. And like, see, and how cool is that? It. Like, how cool is, is that? Like, how cool? What, what a better legacy. What a better what a better way to be able to do because you find your own creative freedom. Like you found who you are creatively. You produce and you found who you are creatively and that's reason enough like that's existence enough like that's how i feel like at the end of the day what happened with all of this kind of stuff is when i started pushing all of the metrics and all of that stuff and that's who i became a product of that but i wasn't Mm. satisfied creatively in the middle of all of that um there's really no point to do that and and when all that stuff broke apart and i was able to go back and just kind of satisfy myself creatively an interesting thing happened for me, which was you realize that the cup that you carry for satisfaction, for creative satisfaction, yeah. is a lot smaller than you think it is. You know, like when you're looking at 100, and this is like a kind of this abstract concept for people to think about. But like if you if you are 100,000 Instagram followers in, you're worried about how many of them are fake, how many of them are bought, how many of this, how many of that, and you're chasing that wheel. But when you realize that if you let all of that go, call it micro-influencing, call it whatever it is you want to call it. But if you don't focus on it and you just want to be able to write and do things that make you happy, you're going to realize that you can actually become pretty happy pretty quickly. And you don't need to become 100,000 people level happy about the thing that you need to do. Once you do that, you'll also realize that if you just get a cup and the cup is all you needed, you might find yourself just wanting to give the rest to other people. And when you do that, like, that's actually pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, I mean, now I've got into this, like the podcasting world with Glenn, it was something that it wasn't just a, you know, what should we do next? Because, you know, Glenn's like you, comfortable on camera, a great educator, likes to show more than just what's expected. You like to just go that little bit extra, show that extra 10 minutes of, you know, why we're doing this. And it's not a world I'm familiar with. We decided to do a podcast together because we got to a point where we felt we were having enough conversations and being around enough people that we wanted a way to share that knowledge. But I don't like being on camera. I'm, you know, you and Glenn are, are quite comfortable on camera. You're, you're comfortable in front of people. I, we will talk about the twitchy eye thing because I know you've got a story oh, about God. it. But, um, but if, you know, you go on any of my social media channels, I don't know how many followers I've got. I don't know how many views I get on stuff. I, I, I sometimes post silly things. There's no Instagram live of me. There's no Facebook live of me. I don't put myself on camera willingly. But the podcasting thing just really helped. But even now I'm in this sort of podcasting world and I've started to know other podcasters who are in, in the industry that I kind of respect what they're doing. I pass on guests to them. I'm like, dude, you should interview this person because I think the conversation between you two will be better than the conversation I'll have with them because like they're either youngsters there's a kid who's 21 that's got a really good podcast and he's learning and I'm like dude you you interview him because you've got so much to learn from this guy I'm just going to talk about his story right yeah so get some exposure for you but it's a learning thing for you as well you need to talk to this person and it works really well because you know it all comes around in the end but I just feel good about it I don't need that. I don't need kind of weird gratification from anything. I, I get it when it's due, yeah. in in weird little ways. Opportunities, you know, people respecting me. Scott and Scott Cowlin and Ted Waite saying, "Do you want to write that book?" Right, having never written a book before. Right, and that's and but but I think that that's the thing. When you look at that kind of stuff, you come from it from a standpoint of waking up in the morning and going, "Man." How crazy is it that I get to do this? Yeah. And if you give from that kind of section, rather than following and like counts and all that kind of stuff, like I think it's just a cooler place. Yeah, it's it's an, it's nice to get up and not have a big cloud of anxiety hanging over you. And, you know, and, and, and in the design world, I mean, that's the thing that's really um, prevalent at the moment is the pressure of, of pressure of instant success. You know, these kids, they're, they're 18, 19, 20. They've gone out and bought a thing. They've watched someone who's spent 30 years building a career have a moment in the sun now, but they want that moment now without doing the 30 years. And then when they don't succeed, then there's anxiety, anxiety, mental health. And then you've got this, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not succeeding. I can't do it. And it's a hard, I think it's a really hard place to learn when you're in that funk it absolutely is and i and i think that it it clouds being able to learn with those kinds of pressures clouds it and i'll be on like and i think that that's probably also one of the biggest problems that you have when you have social media because social media with so many people going out there you have this need to have to differentiate and what's happened with differentiating especially with something like instagram which is like one of the biggest uh, purveyors of this because it happens to be the biggest platform that people work in photography. It's become a giant resume of all of the awesome things that you do. And when you see that and you measure yourself against that, like it's untenable. 
It's, it's, it's untenable to be able to do, and it creates a crazy amount of pressure. And no one should really work under that kind of pressure. So I argue, like, why give yourself that pressure? Just why, why follow it? Why chase it? If you believe half of it is fake. And, 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 and I had a conversation with somebody some, at one point who turned around and told me they were just like, oh, my God, you know, what you should do is you should post a picture a day of all of the cool places that you go to. And surely with all of the pictures that you do, people will see that you're just consistently amazing on Instagram. And that'll give you what, you know, that'll give you thousands of followers. And I'm like, so basically, I'm just going to mine my life for the best pictures of something that I don't think is tenable because you're not shooting good pictures all the time so that a bunch of people could just change account that sits like on the upper right corner of the screen. Like, yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to, you're going to, you're going to do all that work. And what am I going to do? I'm going to be scrolling down my phone and I'll see an image. I might like, it. I'm going to double tap it. That's my interaction with <laughs> you. That's, that's 99% of, of the interaction you get is people will, Scroll through, double tap, move on. You know, in in a in a in a second, you've been and gone. Yeah, but and but the sum of my, but I have at that point edited the sum of who I am to be this version of something that you're going to click on. So I was just like, look, if I can't show you who I am in my social media channels, then what point is there to be social? So like, if you look at my Instagram, my Instagram is loaded with, there are pictures when I take pictures, like of actual pictures. And yeah. then there's pictures of me doing stupid stuff or, or me sharing something stupid or something stupid that's happened to me or, you know. But it's not stupid. It's it's you and your life. It's showing the people that you are not sat in a studio, you know, all day creating a, a single thing to put out. You're out with your wife, with your with your daughter you're you're experimenting you're trying out new places you're going on road trips it's that that's the side of it i like is i like to see who the people are and it's not just all about well curated content yeah it's that my best friends in this world are the people who actually share that kind of stuff because they're real people and, and that's the thing like this is really who i am like i'm a dad like i'm you know I'm a brother, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Like I'm a, like I'm all of these different things. I'm a person that likes to have dumb experiences. And it's like you know, that's who I am. Oh, and in the middle of all, like if you want to see something, you'd go to my website. Like my portfolio's there, you're going to see my work there. I'm not trying to be able to sell you a job, but you'd be surprised as to how many people are like, "You know what, man? I actually want to work with you cuz you look like a pretty cool person to work with." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and your portfolio is great. Yeah, thank I mean, you. that's the that's the lovely thing is you don't just churn out day after day after day. When you when you go and take a cool picture, you know, get a cool image, and you've put the work in, you know, you want to do it. And some of those ones where you've been like in a, a restaurant or you get the characters sat in an environment, you just get that moment, and that's a lovely. That's just a lovely image that I could go back to in 10 years time and it wouldn't feel dated. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, like I'm in an, I'm not in a race to produce the most amount of amazing pictures in the world. Like if I have something to say, I'll say it. If I don't have anything to say, I won't. Yeah. And it's cool. We can't all be Peter Lick with a, with a with million pound images we in can't. Las Vegas. There's not enough Photoshop for us. <laughs> no. <laughs> or HDR. There's not enough Photoshop and HDR for Is us. It? There's, there's not enough moons to sit in front of clouds. Mm. Oh, Peter Link. <laughs> That's a good honor, man. He's doing it. Yeah, so I say, 
he's doing well. There are people in this world who are successful at doing it. And I'd be interested to see what the longevity is. So before we carry on, let's just have a quick word from our partners. We'd like to thank Flown.com for being a partner of He Shoots, He Draws. Flown make learning fun and engaging with an extensive library of pro tutorials for Photoshop, Lightroom and photography at all levels of expertise, from beginners to advanced. You can get started on Flown from just $9.95 a month, which gives you access to over 140 tutorials covering photo editing, retouching, compositing, software basics, photography and much, much more. There's new tutorials every month and you can cancel at any time. For He Shoots, He Draws listeners, you can use code GETPRO20, that's G-E-T-P-R-O number 20, to get 20% off when you sign up. Check out flown.com today. But going back to, obviously, when we met, without going into like the whole history of that part of your life, like I've known you over the past 10 years, what from that experience would you take away from it? Because, you know, like I said, I get to watch Photoshop Photoshop Music TV or something, and I get to see 20 minutes of you. I get to see 20 minutes of something you've created, or then I see a blog, or, you know, I might see one of your classes. What, What positives would you say you took away from that experience because you went from being a teacher to pupils to being a, an a edu- educator teacher in a, in, an, in a business with other people creating content? Coming out of it now in 2019, what things from that do you think improved you or... Well, I think that, I think that one of the things that needed to happen is within that, I think understanding that uh preparation is something that was super important with everything that you needed to do preparation and organization and being able to kind of get yourself ready is probably one of the biggest things that I took um into that uh, a couple years into the shows like and you know what like I think it's hilarious that you would turn around and say that I was really good on camera because I thought I was terrible on camera like so bad <laughs> there was an episode that i did with uh cory barker on a photoshop user tv a long long time ago it was like an all-white screen because we were going between two sets and the episode was so bad that i literally went and bought like 200 dollars worth of you can act on tv books from amazon and wow I had them like in a big stack and I literally showed up to Scott Kelby's office and I was like, listen, that was probably the worst episode that you've ever seen in your entire life. If anybody does doing anything and I'm here to say that I'm sorry and I'm here to say that please don't fire me. Look at this entire stack of books that I am committed to reading to getting better. I was so terrified over oh, wow. losing it because um, I just thought I was... I thought it was just horrible. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I n- I never watch any of my content that I've created. I don't think I've ever watched a single class that I've really? made or yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. Once it's done, it's done. If someone if someone else thinks it's good enough to put out there, I'll I'll let other people judge if it helps them. I don't need to see it. I I prepared it. I recorded it. I have frustrations with it because of you know twitchy eye, not being not wanting to be on camera. It's 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 an experience 
I don't enjoy like I don't enjoy being in front of the camera but I I now love teaching I now love sharing and helping people and giving encouragement but like I said at the beginning is you have this kind of warmth about you that you put people at ease and I thought that would come naturally across on camera no because you <laughs> you already have this kind of you're not acting you're not trying to goof around or or be silly you are just imparting knowledge right but that's funny that you say that because I don't ever remember no, it was like, it watching. was work it was work it was one of those things where it's like I had to seriously seriously sit down and then even like halfway in uh, we wound up hiring a person who I like incredibly loved uh, a girl by the name of Mia McCormick who came yes. in and she taught me the the process of she you know she came from you know news and television yeah she from a news channel and yeah she was like an anchor and stuff and she she taught me how to be tighter and how to work tighter and how to speak tighter and how to be able to do these kinds of things and everything started becoming focused so there was a lot of there was a lot of preparation that needed to happen for production on videos for forward-facing videos and that was one of those things that i think that the business learned that, that i learned about the business and then you know motivations for you know why companies would do what they do and then who to talk to about this and how to be able to create you know partnerships those are also things that i learned that i thought were pretty cool but it was bigger than what you actually saw which is something that that i didn't quite expect yeah. I, I i totally get what you're saying and it's a weird environment it's you know any kind of uh I don't know. It is performing in a way. You were, you know, you were creating content and having to perform, you know, put content out on a regular basis. But I think I know personally, and I'm not just saying this because I'm interviewing you. I know personally that, you know, I watched all your InDesign classes. I watched the the design content you did. I even watched your photography content because it's like I, I talk about this about Joe McNally. I could watch that guy talk about bags of cement for an hour he'd make it entertaining you you could teach cooking you could teach woodwork you could teach photoshop photography you you make it interesting by being you to start with and and then you put then you put people at ease and then they learn and i think that that's that's half of the point that's half of the battle too with that is just to be able to just understand get people to understand that you can actually do this and get people to understand that it's not as complex as you think it is. It's not as hard as you think it is. And and just walk into it from a standpoint of, you know, we'll get it. This is going to be behind you. And at the end of the day, you got bigger things to think about. You got bigger things. Like I, I've always tell people, I'm like, you're not here to learn Photoshop. You're here to be able to realize whatever picture it is that's in your head. And Photoshop is just the tool. InDesign is just the tool. Audition is just the tool. So let's just get this out of the way. And let's go see what it is that you're going to do with it, you know? Yeah, and enjoy the process. Them, them fret about it. How did you find writing? Because I, I'm trying to think. Was your first book the web? The first book was the web for photographers. That that was the first book. Um, so writing was a little terrifying. So like, I'm on my fourth. So I'm like, I'm like, I think it's like up to eight at this point. Maybe seven or eight. I think it is. Um, I've always done them in pairs, which is kind of weird. The way the schedules have always worked, like people are like, "Oh, I'm you know I'm working on a book for a year," and and I'm like, "Dude, that's never happened. Something's always happened in a schedule where someone else couldn't write or this couldn't happen." And they're like, "Listen, as soon as you're finished with the first, you got to go to the next one." So I've always had there's this like animated 
gif that you see out there of like a cat like manically typing on a typewriter so that's what i feel like when i'm writing books it's just like stop i got it i got it i got it i got it and it's just um i remember writing the first it's probably the best piece of advice that i've ever gotten on that i got from scott kelby um so like i owe a lot of what i've learned about book production and teaching photoshop in that space kind of through him because i think he has a really interesting way of looking at how he sees that world and i remember writing that first book and i was talking about like the importance of domain names and domain name propagation and ip addresses and quadrants and how those things translate to be able to do this and i remember him taking him a chapter of that kind of stuff and he looked at it and he's just like this is terrible he was just like, this is oh, wow. I still remember when we were walking and he's like, we're walking in New York. And he's like, here's the thing. He's like, this is. Oh, I was going to say, this is three words. You know, you know, in some it's coming. It's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've, to- I've told him. And that he's like, well. this is what the problem is. He's like, you are writing this from the standpoint of not believing that you're worth writing this book. He's like, so you are literally dumping everything that you know into this book because you believe that's that w- that's what people are going to want to see and he's like if you go to a doctor and he's like and you and a doctor tells you that you have cancer and you turn around and you go all right well, what do i do and if the doctor turned around and said well you know in school i learned this there was this and 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 there was this, and there was this you'd lose your mind you'd look at the doctor and be like i don't care I'd, what would you do what are you doing and, and he's like, if I'm building a website, what would you want me to do? And I'm like, well, he's like, would you do all of this? And I'm like, no, this is how I do it. I do this, I do this, I do this. And he's like, write that. And I was like, huh. And he's like, you're trying to justify the fact that you're writing a book to people that are looking at it. And he's like, forget about it. He's like, the justification that you have for writing the book is that you are writing the book. And he's like, don't worry about it. And once that happened, I mean, it still took, you know, maybe about a, you know, book and a half to kind of get comfortable with that. But once that happened, it was just like it freed you to just turn around and go, you're, you're doing it to serve, not to prove. And I was like, I like yeah, so that's true. once I do, so everything that I write, I do that. I do that from that. I do that from that mindset. I'm like, I'm serving somebody. I'm not proving to somebody. Yeah. And that's what he said to me when I got this InDesign book, because the scary thing was, is I'd kind of jokingly said, you know, you've done, how do I do that in Photoshop? And how do I do that in Lightroom? And how do I do that in Lightroom CC? What about us InDesign users? We deserve a, how do I do that in InDesign? We just want a little book that shows us, how do I do a drop cap? How do I resize an image in a frame? I, I don't want it to be a, the, the encyclopedia of InDesign. I want it to be like that book, thinking him and Terry White would write it. And it, it probably took months, probably eight months of me kind of joking about it to Ted and Scott and, and just mention it to Scott, that when it came round and the from what I'm told, the meeting was had about they, Scott and Ted at Rocky Nook, uh, we'll come on to them because I know you've written for them, uh, when the book came up and Scott said, well then get Dave to write it. And... I'd done some tutorials for Photoshop Music Magazine, so I'd been writing tutorials. And that was the first thing he kind of said was, look, I'm happy for you to do this book in my series. Um, I trust you with it. I know you love the subject. 
I know how you talk to people about it, but that's how you have to write the book. You have to write the book, like I say, like you're sat down next to someone and you're their mate trying to make them understand. You don't have to write the classroom in a book of like, this is what every single tool does and here's every single preference for this tool and and, and kind of be the encyclopedia of InDesign. You just want to help people get the job done. And when I started writing it, I was like, I felt apologetic. I felt like, am I going to be judged by these InDesign experts out there? What are they going to think? And you know, have, I, have I taught this tip right? Should I should I be more technical? And, you know, it, it's taken, well, it's taken almost a year to write the book. Um, and I had a lot of learning along the way. And it's a process that I that I would happily do again. It's like London Marathon. You run a marathon. You the first two words you say when you finish, and never again. Two weeks later, you're entering for the next year. It's just one of those things, like a tattoo. You know, ah, it's going to hurt. I don't want to do it. And once you got one, then all of a sudden you got six. So, and I, you know, and this is my first one. I know you did. I'm seeing. I'm going to see if I can remember your books now. And I've got. I've got no point of reference. So you did the web book, then you did the HDR book. Then you did an update of the HDR book. And then you went, I think, don't think you did any more at Kelby. I think you then went on to Rocky Nook and you did two enthusiast guides, one for Photoshop and one for Lightroom. And then you did Classroom in a book for Lightroom. And you're writing... No, they're done. Those, the... The classroom, so I did two classroom in a book. So I did classroom in a book for Lightroom and Photoshop. And then I did one for just Lightroom. And that's it. And then there's like a manuscript of, there was like a second version of the Get Your Photography on the web that never really went anywhere. So it's like that never got done. So, But that's cool that, you know, you've got, you've got books out there. It's another part of who you are and what you've done. I, th- I think it's great that, you know, when you're long gone, those books will still be out there and then then that's the thing like so when i got here so obviously i wound up doing my own stuff for freelancing for a while and then kind of just detoxing from the entire world of you know those measurements and the clicks and things like that and i was like well what do i like doing more than anything and i was like well teaching it's like well i'm just going to focus on that and work on you know the work part of the business like you know how we make money like no one needs to see that side of the hustle so like I just go out, like I'll go shoot. I'm doing shooting and I'm doing videos and I'm doing content creation. I'm doing that stuff for all these companies that I don't talk about on Instagram because it's like, it doesn't matter. Like one of my biggest clients last year was uh, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration of the United States. It's like this content that's being created for these kinds of things that I can't talk about. But it's just like, it's cool. Like if I could just pay the bills that way, I'll just take care of that. And in the middle of this, like I could just focus on just being a teacher and just free myself up and then in the middle of all of that i got a call from greg and he's like listen why don't you this is greg heisler so uh greg yeah <laughs> i just get a call from greg oh which greg you know heisler but he, he's just known as greg now <laughs> so i just get a call from mr gregory heisler i think um which was kind of funny because it's like out of nowhere he turned around and he was like we were out doing creative life. Like, mind you, like, Mr. Gregory Heisler and I <laughs> have known each other for a very long time. <laughs> and, like, I always tell people all the time, I'm like, there's three photographics gods that I pray to, right? There's Joe McNally, 
Jay Maisel and Gregory Heisler. Those are the three people. Those are the three guiding points. Even though my photographic work could not be further from the stuff that they do, which I think is kind of cool from an inspiration standpoint. So those are the three guys that I've always prayed to. And we've always had a great relationship and, you know, we've gotten together and, you know, good friends. So I was out in Seattle and in Seattle, he turned, uh, literally like I was downstairs in the hallway. And every time that we go out and we talk, he'd always just be like, oh, you know, catch you at the next one, catch you. And then I was like in the circuit, like once you start dealing with people, it's like, oh, I'll see you at the next conference. Oh, let's do the thing. And the thing never really happens. So he turned around and he was like, I'm talking at Creative Life. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing something at Creative Life too. I was just like, you know, maybe I'll get to see you. And there was just something that told me, I was just like, you know what, man, I'm just going to go and I'm going to go a couple of days early and actually do the thing that I said I was going to do. I'm going to go be a friend. I'm going to go hang out with him and have dinner with him and talk with him. Forget about work. Forget about all this kind of stuff. And I went there. And we were sitting at the lobby of the, you know, whatever it is. I think it's like the, um, I don't know, Holiday Inn or whatever it is. And I'm sitting there and elevator opens and Heisler comes out. And literally, like, he looks at me and he's like, oh, man, you're here. Listen, I got to tell you about a job that you're going to take in Syracuse at Syracuse University. And I'm like, uh, oh, wow. Okay. And so I sit down. Yeah, I was like, we're, I can was we like, hug so first? We, he sits down and literally my friend Latanya was with me and she's like taking pictures of him because she's like totally fanning out because it's Heisler. And um, and we're talking about Syracuse University and I'm like, cool, man. Thanks. But mm, think, like because in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. My wife hates cold weather, like detests it. You know, I had told her that I wanted to move to Vermont. Like my goal in life was to be in northern New York in Vermont, like in a cabin by a lake working. And she's like, great. My goal in life is two husbands. <laughs> she's like, I want one <laughs> that stays in warm weather and I'll come and visit you like, I don't know, like two days out of a summer or something. And so she would never do it. So when Greg asked, I was just like, yeah, man, thanks. Cool. Thanks for that. And I didn't think of it. I left and I went home and it was like three weeks. I didn't think of anything. Like I didn't mention it and talk about it. And then all of a sudden I was driving around with Jen at the house. We're parking and I was like, oh, shoot. I forgot to tell you. Greg said hi. You know, things are good. Funny story. He actually offered me a job at Syracuse at the university. And she's like, and you told him what? I was like, of course I told him no. Like you would want me to, right? And she's like, you call him back and tell him that you would want to do it. And I was like, uh, wow. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, it's cold. cold. (laughs) And, um, she's like, no, no, you've always like all for as long as I've known you. She's like, all you've ever wanted to do was teach at a university for all, for all you've ever wanted was to be a professor. And she's like, call him. So I called him. I came up here. I did a one week stint. I met with the chair of the department and we talked and he was just like, you know, you could stay. And sure enough, like we had to pack and it was like in three weeks or something like that, like everything that we owned packed and driven. And I started like two days before my first class. Incidentally, today was my first class for this year 
with a new set of students, like a new set of freshmen, teaching them storytelling. Like they're all wide eyed. And it's been a year. It's almost like a year to the day that like this this entire thing started. Wow. No, that was at eight o'clock. Yeah, so like I take the early class. I'm just like, if you're there, then you're committed. So the entire arc has changed now into like now I'm not, you know, Photoshop guy RC. Now I'm Professor Concepcion at the university, which is kind of it's still kind of trippy. It's it like but every now and again somebody will run into me and they'll be like, Listen, RC, and then they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, but it's Professor Concepcion. They're like, Listen, I'm not trying to be informal with you. <laughs> and he's like, I just know you as RC from Photoshop User TV. <laughs> I was gonna say how much of that obviously that's a that's a good part of what you've done is you now do carry this kind of uh people yeah. know you people have learned from you people have watched you and it, it's like you know I, I know if i was a kid if i was a youngster and i'd seen that content it'd be quite cool to go dude yeah is my and that's teacher. the thing so when it's happened a couple of times i'm like oh man that's totally cool man it's all right like it's great i'm just glad you're here Oh, that's so, I'm so glad you've done this because it is like a f- not a full circle because you've mm. still got plenty more years to, to have different adventures and you know but the fact that you're here at, you know a top university you're working with a really good friend of yours you know they trust you to provide the content I know how dedicated you are to, to pre- preparation more than anything um, and the content you're going to teach is is useful that it's just cool to see you. I said to you, I, I don't know, did we say it on air? But I said earlier, you look younger. You've you got no bags under your eyes. You, uh, no, just, no, Maybe no. it's just good lighting. <laughs> and, and, and this is the thing, like not to bring it back to something, not to bring it back to something terrible. I'll tell you a story because we were talking about the twitchy eye. So I'll tell you my twitchy eye story, which sounds yes. bad. Um, When I first started at my last job, you know, I went in, you know, guns blazing, wanted to change the world, wanted to do these kinds of things. And for as much as I tried, like think like I'm a person who wants to just kind of give it hundred percent, wanna wanna work, wanna work, wanna work. And I want to say probably about two years later, I was um I carried a silver vial in a key ring. And in that vial I carried blood pressure medication. And in that blood pressure medication, it was basically just I had a problem with blood pressure. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started carrying it. And I want to say, no, that was within the first year. By the time I got to almost to the end of the second year, I had to carry a second vial. And I carried a second vial. And in that vial, that vial was a black vial. And in that vial was a little glass jar full of nitroglycerin, which was for in the event that I would have a full-blown heart attack. Because I was running around in this place where there was just so much stress that was involved in in producing. And the stress, for some strange reason, it started taking a tinge about uh, almost kind of like a tingle on the side of my jaw. And it was a tingle on the side of my arm, my left arm. And I would feel a tingle in my eye socket. And it would make my eye socket twitch. And it felt like it was dry. Like I had a dry eye, like a perpetual dry eye. So I would just get to a point where I was just constantly reflexively massaging the side of my face. And I just dealt with that tingle for years. 
just for years. Like I'd be working on stuff. Sometimes I look at some of the shows that I'm doing and I see that I put my hand on my face or I do something and all I was doing is just massaging the tingle. So fast forward to getting to a spot where all of a sudden like there was this big reorganization that happened over at Kelby. And I think I was like, I was told probably, I want to say an hour before I board a plane to go to Dubai. So so I find out about this news, I board a plane, and I'm supposed to be incommunicado for 14 hours to process this information by myself. Like, mind you, you know, things, it's a little deep, right? Like you're thinking about, you know, what it is that you're going to do. And I got to be honest with you, man. Like your first thought is like, you know, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're all this kind of stuff. How do you process all of this? And I was like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you, you just found out that all of this is gone. What do you do? And I, I, and I remember, I kid you not, I remember walking down that jetway and my first reaction was to put my hand on my face to massage the tingle that I have on the side of my face. And I went, son of a, it's gone. It was gone. Like I literally oh, wow. stepped onto the plane with no tingle on the side of my face. And I was like, what the? And I realized something super, super, super important. That was the day that I turned around and I got inside of the plane and I went to Dubai and I said, listen, you are literally being pushed out of the side of a mountain. You can either continue to fall Mm. or you could just put your hands out and just try gliding for a little while. And I turned around and I said, you know, this was literally slowly killing me. And all I need to be able to do is just walk away from it. And I kid you not, I turned around and I started my own thing. I went to go work. I went to go create for myself. I went to go refuel my own bucket, rent to reconnect. And I just kind of did a hiatus of everything else. Like I stopped letting social media dictate how it is that I want to be able to do stuff, why I do what I do. And I walked away from all of it. And I've never thought about it. I had not thought about it one bit ever since I did it. The pain's gone away. The blood pressure's gone away. And I've still been terrified, upset, scared, unsure, challenged. But you're more in control of it now. And that was the key point with all of it. It's gone away. The vials have gone away. And I'm creating at the pace that I want to create. I, I, I couldn't think of anything better. That's cool, man. Because I, I didn't realize you'd had, I knew it was affecting you. And I knew kind of you weren't you. Like the last, I don't know, like the last year, there was lots of different, you know, the environment, the, the education environment had changed a lot. But I hadn't realized you were that poorly. Because I think I, I think I visited you in the April um and i think you were kind of gone a couple of months after that and i just remember sitting with you in the office and like say you you were tired it was a different kind of stress yeah. and I'd say now you, you look 10 years younger careful for the you, things that you want <laughs> like at times you know what the thing that you want is the thing that's killing you and so i learned that i learned one of the things that at the end of the day it's it's you you to thine own self be true and I think that there's something there's something to be said for that. And, you know, you can't want something 
for someone more than you want than they wanted for themselves. Yeah, especially not at the expense of your health. Because exactly. What's the end game? You know, you drop you drop dead of a massive heart attack in the middle of nowhere, and you're not found, and it's just and everything you ever did. You is can't gone. create from that point. You can't work from that point. You you don't have anything from that point, and it's just like. And this is the one thing that I think is important about this kind of stuff. I think people tend to focus on their Instagram thing and they follow, like you follow your, your, your social capital online because you believe that if you do not follow it, you will lose all of it and you will be done. If there's one thing that I think people need to understand is that the clarity of the idea supersedes all of that. The clarity of the idea can can sometimes set you into a completely different space. And so who's to say that you could not unplug, be clear, come back and roar kind of like in that same space. It's literally about how well you can produce something. And by the same token, um, you know, there's some kid in a bedroom somewhere who's ace on camera, who's going to come out of nowhere, like you say, and go 100,000, 300,000, 750,000, a million on and YouTube. And then what are you going to do when that happens? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, you know, when you think of the years, you know, like my story, your story, the years we've put in to become the fact that somebody can walk up to you and go, I know who you are, you're RC. <laughs> um, it's not because you're a Kardashian kind of fame. It's, it's a respected kind of, like, I know who you are. there's not like a weird adulation and i say i i think because i'm older i think you and i one thing we have in common that i think changes us is being a parent you know you've got you've got a a wonderful daughter who i watch what you and jen do for her and the experiences you give her and the opportunities she's got you know she's doing music dance she's being artistic you you make things for her you give her every opportunity that she can have to have the best start in life and I think I take my hat off to you and Jen I think you've done an amazing job and you you know you've got a wonderful daughter there I've got two daughters I've got two sons we try and give them the same you know give them give them what they feel they want to do you know eldest plays football our youngest runs two boys one's just finished university and got his BA honours the other one's got a full-time job and he's doing really well there you try and give them the opportunities and that's a ma- oh, massive yeah. satisfaction in itself that I do these things to put the money in the bank to put the opportunity that to make the, the funds available for them to have the opportunities that I didn't have because we're a different generation and I'm probably I think I'm like 10 years older than you 40 44 right okay so I'm nine years older than you so I'm kind of just eking into that next generation but you know our beginning wasn't fueled wasn't filled with the internet with Mm -hmm. computers it it was people It was people and experiences and and i think it's great that you're doing what you're doing and you can now influence this kind of new generation of kids coming through and uh, i did you did did you say to me you're taking a master's yeah i'm actually in the process i'm in the process of looking at that now it's it's one of those things where i'm like you know what while i'm here there's something new that i could learn yeah so it it's um I always want to learn something like i'm I'm always fascinated and wanting to learn something. I always have some sort of project like there's five different ideas of things that I'm working on for fifteen different things that I want to do that have to do with 
math and social reach and you know working with underprivileged people and working stuff in spanish and you know and and i think i think that's one of the things that i've always enjoyed about working and talking with you is that yes we do talk about some you know adobe stuff like in a tiny bit but like we get to talk about who we are as dads we get to talk about who we are as people and to know that now people are like, oh, my God, you know, like he shoots, he draws. Like, are you going to do this? Are you listening to that? Like, people are not talking about you guys. <laughs> it is weird. I yeah, I think it's an English thing to, to not like be overwhelmed by it. And it is weird where now, you know, I, I work at the photography show and I, I think this will be my sixth or seventh year working with them. And when I started, you know, again, it was just people know me. But now you're there and people are coming up and like, all right, they're asking me to sign Glyn's book because I've designed the cover. But it's like they're asking for my signature. They're asking to have a picture taken with me. And what was funny was earlier, like when I said, when we go back to when Glyn and I first started doing stuff together, I was like the grommet to his Wallace. <laughs> you know, I was in the sidecar. I was, uh, people would always say, come up to me, go, hi, Dave, how you doing? Where's Glyn? Now, roll forward nine years nobody comes up to or very few people come up to Glenn prior to his war project and talk about his photography they f ask about the podcast they come up to me and they ask about the podcast and they say we love what you're doing so honest and fresh and it's great and it's it is a weird kind of little uh I don't like the word fame but I think it, you know it, what it's earned it's yeah. earned because you guys have done you guys have done a fantastic job Oh, a thanks. fantastic job on that and it's one of those things where it's like i listen and i was like if there's one thing that i enjoy about it is just how how honest you guys feel about it and i think that if there's a credit to that it's if there's a reason that that has resonated with as many people as it has it's because of how honest you guys have been in producing it oh, so I appreciate you should you should take that you should take that credit. You should take that credit well. Right. Well, I'm going to end on that high then because <laughs> I know we've been chatting for an hour and a half. But I just want to say, I'll say it's always awesome to talk to you. And I know we chat. We do chat. And, and it's lovely that we've kind of reconnected again to be able to chat like live on Skype and stuff. But it's an honor to have you on the show, mate. You know, we've wanted you on, but we wanted, we wanted to find the right time for you. And as soon as you kind of got in this space we just said now's the time us now's the time to talk to rc about what's happened and what you're doing so it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show mate and and i and i i hope we get to meet up soon um and cross paths in person i'm going to try and get out to new york and visit you but for now where can people find you where do you want people to find you let's go through your youtube your instagram <laughs> oh okay subscribe we, click the we've button. talked yeah we've <laughs> talked about all of that stuff and then like now we have to go follow and subscribe and do all that kind of stuff no you know what easiest place for you to follow a lot of the stuff that i'm working on is at aboutrc.com okay that's good. i got to tell people easiest way to be able to do it you don't have to deal with anything else no it's cool uh, we will put that in the show notes I'm going to let you crack on because I know you're at work. And it's you're, I'm going to give you one more thing go that on. you should put Bonus. in the show notes. So I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. And you can have it. Wait, wait, wait one second. It's going to come to you right now. And those of you who are listening are going to listen to this. And you're going to have to go into the show notes to see it. Okay. <laughs> it's, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say one thing. Uh, Arsene and I spoke uh, 
prior to recording and there was some fun stuff i'm I'm not going to say what it is but the, and I hope it comes to something. But there was a fun thing that I oh, see, yeah. and, and, <laughs> I, and I hope it sees the light of day because it was the kind of thing that we would have on the podcast. It's the kind of humour. So I, I hope you do something with that. Oh, I'm going to look at this. Wait, take a look. You'll see it. You'll uh, like it. My first class at Kelby. Oh, do you know what? Yes. I. So here's another thing. What I massively want to thank you for. And this is like, oh, they, you know, oh, thank you, RC. I remember, so I got hired to go out and do my first Kelby One classes, and I was crapping myself. I prepared content, but I wasn't comfortable on camera. And RC took his time to come out of his office, and he came and sat in the room with me. And just, just him being there made me feel comfortable. He, he was like schooling me was just helping and say okay maybe try and say it like this and do you know what when I did my next class I missed you just having you in that room that I think that's the satisfaction of me finishing <laughs> but I remember you sitting there and taking the time to help coach me and get through it and it really meant a lot because you know that was the first time I'd ever done video content and and I re- I'm sorry I forgot about that but I really appreciate you did and that. you know and you know what? It it doesn't even matter because at the end of the day, look at how much you guys are doing for everyone else. That's the gift. That's what and you know what? You're doing tribute by that, dude. I could oh. not be happier for you guys. Oh, thank you so much. Right. Well, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna say a massive thanks again. Uh this show will be out within the next couple of weeks, because uh, we've got to get it edited. Um but for now, mate, thank you and uh I say hope we catch up soon we'll chat we'll, we'll chat outside of this and when this is done i'll send you a mix so you can listen to it but thanks again and uh and we'll catch you next time okay talk to you soon take care cheers